Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by... Is that, is that who I think it is? Oh my god, it is, it's Luke Owen! Hi and hello Swap Nation and a hello to you Oliver Davis, how the devil are you? I'm good. I was recreating last night for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. There was a moment when I went to the uh, the toilets at the Royal Albert Hall, and I just got a, uh, are you, are you Luke Owen? And I was like, yes, I am. Um, but although my favourites of uh, the people that came to ask for photos uh, with us, it was great actually meeting quite a lot of the people, a lot of the SWAP nation out there at the Royal Albert Hall for the UK show. But it was as you and I were leaving mm. and a girl came up to us and was like, are you both on YouTube? And you went, yes, yes, we are. And So you weren't around for the earlier bit of this. Oh, no. Okay, so... Thank you so much to everyone who came up to us at yes. the UK shows. It was actually, I would say, of all the times, the most heartwarming. Hmm. Not to belittle any other previous shows where people have come up to us, but a few people were like, especially one chap, he, shake, he shook my hand so sincerely, I nearly cried. Oh, bless. It was very, it was very nice to meet all the, all the fans. It was really person. cool. I, and every single person was awesome. And I... So this was when I went to get some pints in for the lads. and Such lads. And I, I said, hey, hey, everyone who's just recognised me at this bar, come over to our seats, get a picture with Luke. Luke much prefers this stuff to me. <laughs> and uh, we, we all came over. And so we... And then I think that made a few other people come over who were maybe... Oh, I'm going to be polite. I won't interrupt them in enjoying some quite terrific wrestling so a few people did come over and get their pictures taken and one guy as he walked off sort of walked past uh, these three girls who were sat in the row behind us and the three i could hear every word the three girls asked who are those who are those people (laughs) 
why is everyone taking pictures with them? Are they famous? Are they wrestlers? And the guy goes very enthusiastically, no, no, they're Ollie and Luke from Wrestle Talk. It's a YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, very kind in putting us over. And then he walked off and then he just turned around and I went, we're not that big <laughs> to them. And, uh, and that was why later on, you, you pick it up here. So she asked, are you on YouTube? And we said, yes. Well, you said, yes, we are. And she was like, can I get a picture with you? And I, 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 lo- I really like it because I think it's really cool. I, I'm the sort of guy, I, I kind of subscribe to the Rob Zombie theory of taking photos with fans. Rob Zombie uh, was a guy who was a fan himself growing up of like metal music and horror movies and stuff. And his philosophy, I was on a documentary, I, I was on a documentary, I think it was... Um, God, what documentary was it? Anyway, it was a documentary about slasher films. And he said that when it comes to fans, like, it's it's five seconds out of my day. Like, and I might not remember it the following day, but they'll always remember it. And I thought that's really nice. Like, that's a really nice sort of way, like, a nice phrasing uh, to put it. So I thought that was really cool. So I was like, yeah, totally. Let's take a picture. And then she just quite flat said to us, I don't know who either of you are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you paused and were like, huh. And then she just asked, can I still have a photo? <laughs> I was like, cool, sure, whatever. And I said no. You did. I was like, are you doing this for the grams? So I'm not just going to do it for your grams. Well, she wasn't on the grams, as she told me. She's like, mm. no, I'm not on the grams, but my friend is doing it for the grams. So you'll be happy to know, everyone, we made them prove to us that they've subscribed to the WrestleTalk YouTube channel, and then they were allowed a photo. And you just had a very dour face in the photo, which made me laugh a lot. I, well, I asked them, I was like, what face would you want me to do? I can do disappointed really well. <laughs> and it, they said disappointed's fine. Mm. But I, I mean, looking back at that face, I thought it looked like I was on the verge of tears. Well, I mean, so you know, I just need to get a better register. Yeah, I mean, I have one face. It's like people have been sending me the images, uh, the photos that, that we had taken at the shows. And I do have the same face in all of them. I'm just pretty sure that if you were really good at Photoshop, you could just Photoshop me out of one image put me next to you and be like, yeah, cool, I met you. And I'd be like, sweet, retweet. But that's good because you can, if someone comes over to you and says, can I get a photo? You're like, sure, here's my photo face. And then you do your photo. I haven't got that. (laughs) So I always have the same conversation of, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Someone sent a message because I I posted up uh, the the lad that came up to us in our seats, um, the one that you brought over and almost like your own No Way Jose sex conga line (laughs) bringing them over to our seats he posted up the photos that he had taken someone replied to it saying like Luke looks like he's more excited to be in that photo than the guy is and I'm like I don't something like this hey this is great you're a happy chappy happy chap mate yeah so that's uh, I much prefer the people who come up to us and take the photos rather than the tweets we get the next day I saw you. Yeah, I was going to say there was I that. I was watching you. There was that girl. I was like the... myself and my man partner were sat across from you. and yeah. We were staring at you a lot. Yeah, which is like that's 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 weird. I mean, I was going to say that's <laughs> great. It makes me feel slightly awkward. Yeah, well, I was going to say Grev, my, my a friend of mine, spotted where we were because we were standing up. I can't remember if it was after which match it was, but we got very into the the finish. Oh yeah, we got very. In- oh no, it was very good. It was a very good Such show. Such a good show. And you and I got. Uh, we had four pints of speckled hen. I think I was at three. Hmm. hmm. Where three? did your extra one come I from? I don't know. I could have sworn we had three. Well, I thought we might have had four. Maybe we only did have three. Hmm. Either way, it was delicious. Maybe it was four. However, it also was six pounds for... And you can't say a pint, because it's not a pint. It's six pound a cup. 
of uh of oh, I thought those were head. pint cups though. That's not quite a pint though, is it? Like I wouldn't say that that is I would never call that a pint. It's a cup. But it's I mean are you referring to a unit of measurement? Yes. Yeah, I don't know if that is like officially a pint. It might be like just below a pint. But I don't think it's... Uh, and by the time you and I had managed to transport it back to our seats, we had spilt quite a mm. bit of it. Because... Yeah, it certainly wasn't a pint when we got back. <laughs> no, because the ushers kept leaving the doors closed. And then like, it's hard to open up a door when you're holding two plastic cups of uh, speckled hen. I didn't tell you this. I was coming back with, with the pints, mm. probably the fourth, <laughs> which explains a lot. And the, it wasn't the doors that were closed. It's the curtains. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Because the Royal Albert Hall is beautiful. And it's a kind of retro vaudeville place where... Well, not vaudeville because it's very posh, but the, an old-timey place where they have curtains that cover the doors to stop any light spilling in during the performance. And they're very heavy curtains, uh, probably for soundproofing reasons as well. And these were two very full pints. So I use my, I try to use my head to find the gap in the curtains to push myself through. It's not working. So I'm like, okay, I just start kicking, mm. like kicking through the curtains. And I hear, a, uh, and I walk through, I've kicked a guy. <gasps> and it, of course, well, we were near the sort of wheelchair access area. Yes. So I kicked a person in a wheelchair. Oh, Oliver Davis. Oh. How's that for a scandal? That is YouTube <laughs> personality Hicks wheelchair bound man <laughs> drunk <laughs> no i uh, i got caught by the uh the big curtains when <laughs> so we thought the show had finished yes because like the undisputed era took on british strong style terrific match and we were like ah oh. and i think it's because you had just said you was like well, i assume the finals are tomorrow no you said the finals you said are tomorrow. it i oh. i thought it was on the same show oh, and then Luke. You, no you said that goes well i guess <laughs> it's on tomorrow night and i was like well maybe it is Maybe we got the word final with UK Championship shot. match. Yes, because I, I knew the match was like on tonight, mm. but I think you thought the finals of it were on tonight. But anyway, regardless, so we, they, they, they had that six-man tag, and we thought the show was ended. So I went and got my bag from the cloakroom, which I was forced to put my bag into because I had a laptop and an iPad. It nearly charged me two quid for it, but I didn't have any money on me, so they just said it was fine. And I got my bag, and I walked back. All of a sudden, I'm hearing Shawn Michaels' entrance music. So I bound back in, not through the door we were in, it was the door over, and then Shawn Michaels is cutting a promo, and then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, now the next match is about to start. Mm. It, was, it was the finals between blank and blank, I won't give away the spoilers here nice in case anyone, done. thank you very much. And so I was like, oh, I need to get back. I couldn't find the like the the split in the curtains. I, I was just patting around, could not find it, and Usher had to come up and be like, it's just here. He probably molested someone. Well, no, in all well, those curtains. I mean, I was on the inside trying to get to the outside, so I don't think there was anyone. Oh, that's on... good. Yeah, there wasn't anyone on the other side for me to like. I went the bad like... way. <laughs> you went the bad way. Mm. Right. Do you want to. So we've got a lot of correspondence. I'd rather. I got a lot of correspondence. Well, that, over let's the just do one because we're already nine minutes in. We've got a, a raw review to get to. We'll save the rest for the outro. Uh, okay. Well, that's quite a long bit of correspondence. There's one from um, Dan, always the bridesmaid. Um, and, I, and this is actually. We can cut his email quite easily. And, well, you might like this. It's an actual agony art request. From Dan? Yeah. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Do you want me to I'm, do this I'm one? less enthused. Okay, let's go for let's go for Dan. Okay, so okay. Hello Luke, it's me for the second time today. I'm not sure what his first email was actually. It's not in my email inbox. Maybe, Maybe it, was a... it was in a special Discord chat Maybe. with <laughs> with uh, WrestleTalk Swaf Nation members. It is, yes. I don't know how to send you there, viewers. Someone <laughs> else has set this up. 
but occasionally it's it's a it's a lovely little instant messenger thing where wrestle talk viewers and fans can hang out and chat wrestling and occasionally me and luke grace you with our presence <laughs> oh no he emailed me about jurassic world okay dan loves jurassic world just you mean it. jurassic park 5 jurassic park 5 yes right um, which also also works as a sequel to jurassic park how do they do I it i don't know how they do it uh hello look it's me for the second time today sorry for stealing the time that's all right dan i've been thinking about sharing uh, i've been thinking about sharing this but i give it a uh he is German. It's not his first language, to be fair. I'm aware of this not being an actual live advice, but an opinion by some experienced guys would be nice. Hmm. My friends are either not into women or inappropriate when it comes to that topic. I just think it's worth a shot. So he's looking for some actual agony arts. Here we go. Masters of the agony arts. So it's about a woman. Ooh. I am a 24-year-old single, and I have been so for 24 years. I do get along with women. I tend to get along with them better than I do with men. I also work in a job dominated by females. He does work at a strip club. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Um, and there is that girl. Slightly younger than me, a career woman. She works and studies at the same time. During lunch breaks, we talk sometimes, but most times she talks to another peer sitting next to me or in front of me. Last year, she said it was all about her career and getting to that point of extreme wealth. I also want to get somewhere, but I am not gunning for extreme wealth. I just want to be able to afford a family someday. Don't we all, Dan? It's not easy, mate. Uh, this is when I decided she was not for me. But that is changing all the time. She is beautiful, but also very smart, which attracts me even more. She knows all about politics, shares my views on a lot of things, and is very nice in general. But sometimes she sounds patronizing. But I don't think she means, does mean it, or does she? So I wouldn't call it love, I don't know what that feels like, but interest in the person. She even checks two out of three my she even checks two out of my three principles. She does not spokes and claims to be loyal, and she's into dogs, and I can't imagine ever living with dogs. I mean, I think you might mean without dogs. Because if she's into dogs, you'd want to... Yeah, you'd, you'd want that. Because I can't imagine li ever living with dogs, and then just like, she loves them. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a clash, mate. Unless was the other one that she doesn't smoke. Yeah, maybe it's like smoke and claims to be loyal are two of the principles. Right. But yes, his and the, third the one is next thing. Yeah, yeah, is ever living with dogs. Cool. Right. What triggered me today is that she said she is a free spirit and always does what she wants. She has said she also overthinks everything and says she does not want a relationship where you always sit together. All of these things are fine with me. It fits me totally. I need my space to enjoy my stuff. Uh, if I had a girlfriend, this. Um, I'd give my girlfriend the same space, of course. So, um, so you, Luke, achieved the ultimate goal in marrying a woman of your dreams, and Ollie, you are very close to that too. Are you? Do you reckon so? Well, you know, uh, I I don't really care about getting married, but I'm with Anna for the rest of my life. So, well, there you go. Because yeah. Nia Jax isn't returning any calls anymore. No, no. yet, yet, and neither is Dana Brooke. So far. <laughs> The question is, is she the one or am I just wasting time? The obvious answer, you never find out if you do not ask her. The problem, the weird guy from work, which is me, gets even stranger <laughs> after that. 
Let's face it, I'm an awkward nerd. Mm. I do not want to make things weird at work. Everyone is going to know. She's the only peer from work I'm actually friends with on Facebook, but I don't think writing her is the answer. She congratulated me on my birthday in a personal message, but am I seeing too much into this? When I talk to my friends about women in general, they tell me to get muscular and go to the club, evacuate the dance floor and stuff. They tell me women want to be saved, protected and treated like a queen, but I have to say I don't buy into that. I can't read women's signals, I don't know what I am doing. Worst case, I am smelling and she is afraid of me. Just imagine that. What am I doing? Maybe share your thoughts on this, but if you don't feel uh, if you don't feel right about it, it's 100% great that you don't do it. Best wishes, Dan. Lot to unpack there. Lot to unpack. Do you want to... I'll, I'll leave the floor to you. Okay, well, in my uh, long and deep experience with the opposite sex, I want to call him Working Dan. Like yeah. a working man. <laughs> working Dan. That's He's a Dan. <laughs> such a Dan. Such a Dan. <laughs> He's uh, a real Dan's Dan. I... I... Let's change it. So from mayor, you you have the honour, Dan, of having the most <laughs> nicknames. You're mayor of Painesville. You're referred to as mayor or Painesville round here. You yeah. don't say the whole name all the time, but uh, yeah, all, also all bro- the bridesmaids, bridesmaids, and, and uh, now a real dance Dan, now a real Dan Dan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So my experience, uh, everyone has a crush on a girl at work. Mm-hmm. I would say that's a pretty widespread experience, not just for men, but for ladies as well, because you're just around people all the time. Those are the people you spend most of your adult life with. Uh, well, you know, yeah, that, that makes sense. Most people meet their partners either at university, this is lifelong partners, at university or at work, mm. not actually out on the internet or in real life. Or, IRL. Yeah, or Tinder. Mm-hmm. Not the no. Still, I don't think that's true yet. Hmm. It's catching up. I was going to say, but it, yeah, 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 yeah. It's still work in university. Interesting. So, personally, I've had a workplace romance. Uh, I know plenty of other people who've had workplace romances. The success rate is remarkably low. Yeah. I and I think that people confuse. You didn't say love. But it's definitely a crush. Hmm. So people confuse that with proximity. Yes. Because the way you describe that person, she doesn't sound like a brilliant catch. <laughs> she's patronizing. <laughs> yeah. She just talks about how she's a free spirit. Instant annoying trait. And then that she overthinks everything. That sounds like a self-absorbed... She sounds tremendously self-absorbed to me. And she's only after, like, ultra-wealth. Like, who? I'm not after ultra-wealth. I want... You know, I want to do nice things. I don't... And deep down, Dan, I think you're a romantic. I don't think you want... Like you said yourself, you don't want ultimate wealth. You want love and relationships. Yeah. And that's what good people that's what baby faces want and that's what we are we're baby faces so i would i would say uh do not uh approach her in a romantic way and but also don't take your friend's advice of going out to the club that's perfectly suited to some people doesn't sound like that's your cup of tea so yeah use internet dating use meetup spaces where you can go to pubs and make friends with like people with uh, shared interests i completely agree with you um as one myself the, the club is not a place for an awkward nerd 
It's just we just don't fit in. I'm well. I'm an awkward nerd. I love the club. But yeah, but you're not an awkward nerd. Though. Not when I'm drunk. No, because I think you you're quite cool. Like you you have a, a certain cool factor about you, so you could go to a club. You also have impeccable dress sense when it comes to like you know looking smart and looking suave and things like that. So I I, I don't think I I certainly wouldn't classify you as an awkward nerd. Just because you like wrestling doesn't make you a nerd. Uh, makes you a loser. Like, it doesn't <laughs> make you an awkward nerd. Well, thank you very much. Um, I I am with uh, my my uh, learned friend here, Dan Dan's Dan, in that. This is it does certainly sound like a crush, and it certainly sounds like a crush because she is showing some sort of interest in you, not in a romantic sense, but just in a hey, you seem like a fun person to talk to. We like politics. We talk about politics and two of your other principles, mm. you know. And that you might just be confusing that with like, maybe maybe we should spend more time together. But you're kind of like she has got a lot of other annoying traits by the sound of things. Patronizing being one of them. That's another big thing uh, when you. Men do confuse, and women, uh, people do confuse conversations, friendly, amicable conversations with, she's leading me on. (laughs) Uh, When actually, no, it's just objectively just a normal thing that people do. People chat. Yeah, people do like Uh, to chat. I've been there myself. I've gotten in those little holes. So I I have been uh, a victim of workplace romances as well. Two of Mm. them, in fact. And uh, was it just two? Maybe. I think it's two that I can think of. Well, me and you. Well, apart from this one, three then. Um, and uh, this is the only one that's worked out. The other yes. two were absolute... Life partners. Disasters, I would say. Just makes things mad awkward. Because especially if it doesn't really work out, then it just makes things a bit awkward. But yeah, I, I think um, dating apps, certainly the way forward. It's, it's 2018, man. Mm. You know, you need to get with the times. You don't need to go to the club. You can find online clubs where you can meet people. Particularly, then, you'll find people that are more in the awkward nerd range like meetup spaces i think is a really good one like um a, a friend of mine was like she was saying that she didn't know how to meet people and i was like hey mate, you're into board games like just like find a board game meetup spot and like go and play board games yeah like how like it's simple like that like that seems like a great idea totally well, uh, hopefully, I mean, we've gone 20 minutes on this out- in intro. No, have we? Yeah, so oh, we'll, man. Ev- well, get on with the show. We'll have a very brief outro. Every podcast is someone's first podcast. Mm. And if this is your first podcast, it's not always like this. We usually try and keep it to 10. <laughs> so let's get on with the show. Well, today we're kicking off with the news that Seth Rollins is no longer the Intercontinental Champion. Dolph Ziggler is. I kind of forgot people were allowed to go into other divisions because Ziggler and and Drew McIntyre, Dolph McIntyre, that would be the complete human being, uh, they've been in the tag division for most of this, not really doing much at all and being eliminated first from Battle Royals. But hey, what a way to reboot them by having uh, Dolph Dolph come out. Too many D words. (laughs) That's what she said. Dolph come out and answer Seth Rollins' open challenge. They had a, a pretty corking little match, which Dolph won. Yeah. How are you feeling about shocked. this? Shocked. Genuinely surprised. Yes. Um, there's a lot of people on that roster that I probably, I, I would have said, oh, they might beat Seth Rollins for the, the IC belt there. Dolph Ziggler was not one of them. And that's not that's not a slight against Dolph. It's just that that's it didn't seem that's the uh, that's the position he'd been slotted into. It very much, as you said, he's been in this tag team mold since WrestleMania, or since the Superstar Shakeup at the very least. And that's where they were. They, these two were going to be going for tag team gold rather than 
white white belts. Like people that I would have picked, not person because I that one of the great things about this is that I don't feel like Dolph Ziggler is an undeserving champion. I'm actually really excited to see what he can do with this. It's just it's so unexpected because how Raw just slots people in their certain little areas and there's very little cross-pollination. Chad Gable, I would have chosen. Mojo Rawley, I would have chosen over Dolph Ziggler for what could happen. Bailey, <laughs> Bailey, in my mind, had more of a chance of, of beating Seth Rollins for the IC belt well, I than have Dolph Ziggler. I wouldn't have gone that far, but I was very surprised. I was kind of glad it wasn't Drew. If, now's not the time. Now's not the time, though. Like, you know, but, you know and certainly I don't want to poo-poo this either. I would have probably preferred it to be Drew, but that's by the by. But this really felt, particularly by the end of this as well, that we are setting up for a Dean Ambrose return. And so we can still ah. stick with the tag team dynamic, but you're doing Mac and Dolph versus not the Shield. And, um, you know, the super best friends. And they can collide in tag team action. Uh, and that'll be... Like that's how you kind of further this feud and continue it on. But what I will say, and again, I don't want to be the negative Nancy in the room. It did feel like it was too soon to take the belt off Seth. It's there's mileage there, but I think sometimes sometimes unpredictability works. It really does. And I don't know what makes something feel annoying, unpredictable, and what makes it okay. For me, this was a good kind of unpredictable. Like, not everyone has to have these long championship reigns. Seth has been doing really good with the belt. What, so he won at WrestleMania. Yes. So about two months, two pay-per-view cycle loops. Uh, and, yeah, he was he was having some of the best matches on Raw. But if you're now building towards a five-way Extreme Rules match to crown the number one contender for Brock Lesnar, maybe you want Seth in there. That's where I saw yeah. him going well, after. That's this. what I thought as well. But I, but I did also think that perhaps this is where you bring back Dean and you do the uh, and you do a tag team thing with him instead. I think he's still quite a way off. I always thought he was back I mean, in September. But he's at the performance center training, is he not? Yeah, but that that doesn't mean it's imminent. That usually means it's like two months out still. Sure, who might be imminent though? Oh, Jason Jordan sitting at the back, exactly. just waiting. So you do to do something. So you do Jordan instead of Dean. And just, I guess, pick up that storyline. It just feels like that's that's a bit past it now. Oh, I totally. Well, I completely agree with you. It's just that it was. Yeah. It's because they did the double team beat down on him afterwards. Like if it was just Dolph had walked away with Drew and the belt, and they were like, "Well, hey, we're now we're now the Intercontinental Champion," then I would have just been like, "Cool, I think Seth is moving up into this Extreme Rules match." It was, the, but the beat down angle afterwards made me think that they were doing something different and going in a tag team direction. That's what's quite good about this, in that it's unpredictable. It's a fun shock. I don't feel cheated by it, and. It, it definitely makes Dolph Ziggler more relevant again. And like you said, there's all these different directions they could go in. There's also the nice little promo that Drew and Dolph cut afterwards backstage where they said, this is just the first of many. Yeah. We're going to go and take loads of belts. And I thought, that would be a fun gimmick, wouldn't it? Be the if belt you, collectors. Yeah, be the belt collectors. So you could have this belt, you could have the tag belts, which and that would be really good for them like just look at the tag division right now on raw it's nothing uh D drew going for the universal title maybe drew can get in that five I was gonna say, way drew's in that five way i am all for that mate. seth and drew and uh the other two lashley and roman lashley and roman 
bit of Finn in there, probably. Well, it could be Finn, could be uh, Elias. Elias, like, you know, he essentially put his name into the ring or into the into the hat later it's, on in his song. It's usually Bobby Roode, though. <laughs> or it could be could be Brawny the Strowman. It it's could the be... The briefcase. Does, doesn't matter. He's mm. a monster, man. He does whatever he wants. Could be Bazza Corbs. Yes. Bazza Corbs got the win later on tonight. He could... He, in his position of authority could slot himself into that match slacks mm. and all i i just I, I mean if they were to get they won't do this but you know them turning up on nxt <sighs> yeah just be... went, but you know that everyone's got good belt positions at the moment i mm. guess he could have the north american yeah, but I like Adam Cole as yeah, well. It's, yeah, it's difficult but there's there's a lot of potential here and the match itself was you know i wouldn't put it I would put it in like the top third of all of Seth's IC matches, but like at the bottom of that top third. Yeah, I think it was, uh, to give it the best review possible, it was the best match on this show. I actually really enjoyed the main event. Oh, yeah? I actually enjoyed both the. I, the, I enjoyed the revival tag match as well. I thought that was real fun. Mm I thought, um, I thought this was. The, I did enjoy the uh, the revival tag match. I was a bit bored of Raw by the time the main event rolled around. Oh, I quite. I, I, I got a. I got the, the three hour lull. Yes. Um. But I. I thought this was the best match on the show. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. It probably is. You're right. But uh, some really good spots. There was a great near fall off the fame assa. Assa. Sorry, fame assa. That's my Britishness coming through. Mm-hmm. Uh, some this is awesome chance. The story they told was that Seth is this fighting champion, but it's almost to his detriment because he defended against Elias the previous night and he's not 100%. He's got that knee injury that he was selling and that was kind of his downfall. We missed a frog splash. There was a bit of interaction with Drew on the outside. Yeah, so Drew got up onto the apron and Seth went to attack him and then that led to sort of this sort of roll-up finish. Uh, which actually I thought was quite nice because it played off the finish of Money in the Bank in the sort of like Seth tried to hook the tights again and Dolph rolled that through and hooked the tights himself and got the win. Was that quite nice? This is my well, little bugbear. With I was, I've got a caveat to that was quite nice. It was quite nice if it had been a longer term thing. Mm. Like if Seth had done it multiple times and then it got turned around him. Then again, that feels like a real heel thing. Like, it doesn't exactly. feel like a babyface thing. And the way the commentators played up that it was Drew. Drew cost Seth this match. What Michael Cole did. I don't think Coachman was. Coachman mm. was just like, no, Drew didn't. Like, Drew was like, Drew didn't touch him. Drew didn't get involved. Yeah. But because Cole did, I was just like, to me, that was that was Dolph hooking the tights. The, there's, there's a few problematic things there. Because like you said, it wasn't just Dolph hooking the tights. And there's that, okay... That plays into the previous night, and now we can move past it. Seth did go for the tights again. He did. In his roll-up. And just why would he be doing that? He's a babyface, and he's not... His character isn't a tweener. His character is a, I've gone through the dark side, and now I'm I'm this redeeming angel of vengeance, really. Elias pointed out in his song that he had to cheat to beat Elias. Mm. So that wasn't... I just It, it just didn't... It, it was untidy from a a character and story perspective. But the problem is, Ollie, there what we all often do with this company is we look for logic, we look for character, we look for story. As some people told us in the comment section yesterday, just enjoy the show. Just watch the show and just don't overthink things. Mm. Just everything needs to be a two out of five and every and that's fine. We we want all of this to be the best it possibly can be. I mean if you really wanted us to go full on critique mode, 
this would be an unwatchable show. <laughs> because if we gave the same level of scrutiny to this as we do stuff New Japan, like we said, like we love New Japan, and when we review those, we say like, look, we really enjoyed this show. But it's our, you know, it's our jobs to be critics and say like, oh, but this bit didn't quite work. This bit didn't. But overall, we loved it. But like, we have to dumb ourselves down so much, and we're still critiquing Raw quite heavily. Yeah. 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 But anyway, I thought it was a, a, a nice shocking moment to kind of like cap off Raw. And I was like, it was two like back-to-back segments mm. really because the opening of the show, which we'll get into in a section, was like really, really great. And then you had this. And I was kind of, that kind of fired me up for Raw a little bit. I was like, oh man, this will be great. And then whatever happened on the rest of the show happened. But I, I you know, I thought this was a really nice start to the show. I'm, do- I'm not the biggest Dolph fan. As I've said on the show before, I'm well past caring about Dolph. But I'm maybe this this new angle they're doing with with drew and the, the mac and dolph thing maybe they do this belt collector thing you kind of got me more intrigued now with saying that on they get the tag belts and drew goes after the universal championship that i'm really keen on because i think that drew is awesome and he's got so much potential um but yeah it's it, it's you know it's fine mm. it's pretty good the uh I, I think we're gonna have some disagreements because i quite like this show oh i didn't hate this show okay i just th- there's a lot of stuff on here that i was like well that was there Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Smackdown lives tonight. That's how this works. And if you go over to wrestletalk.com when Smackdown Live is live, there'll be some Smackdown Live live reporting. Live. It's going to be live. And it's by Andy Datsun who's the man over at uh, WrestleTalk.com. He's one of our writers. And, yeah. All-around nice bloke. Yeah. Great Money in the Bank coverage, great Raw coverage, and now he's going to be doing SmackDown this evening as well. And on the Twitter! Uh, So you can go and follow WrestleTalk underscore TV because that bit of branding lives on in that Twitter handle. You know you can change it. No, I can't. Why not? Uh, Someone else has got it. Someone else has got WrestleTalk, yeah. Oh, man. That's annoying. Mother effers. Uh, But... Raw, 
Raw started off with a video package, which hasn't happened for quite a while. Is it really? Like, I always feel the Raw usually starts with the video package. It's usually like, here's what happened last ah, week. Because you get the video package saying like, here's what happened last week. And then Kurt Angle comes out and tells you what happened in the video package again. Maybe you're right. I just... Or maybe you're thinking of SmackDown. Maybe that's just a Shane McMahon thing. It was a Nia Jackson, Alexa Bliss, R- Ronda Rousey recap of what happened at Money in the Bank. Yeah. Uh, I... For, for some reason, I thought, huh, video package. Usually it opens on the crowd and Michael Cole going, Ugh. Oh, that's, yeah, that's very true. But I wonder if that, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. But this then went to the live crowd and Raw, and Kurt Angle's standing in the ring with a, a table, and there's the Money in the Bank men's briefcase. It's the women's briefcase. Was it the women's briefcase? Yes, because the, the men's briefcase is green. Ah, okay. So why did, it's a bit of a weird because Alexa already had both of these things. Well, she didn't have the briefcase anymore because she'd cashed that in. The what, sorry? The briefcase, no apologies. And she had the, the women's title there as well. And Kurt's happy because the, both the briefcases are on Raw. Kurt Angle had quite the night tonight in terms of his acting. Mm. I howled with laughter at several occasions. A good, a good <laughs> lime flub that I've recorded. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can talk about that in a bit. So Bliss then comes out to be presented her Raw Women's title. Kurt just kind of offhandedly, awkwardly, exposition-wise. Nia Jax is having physical rehab. She wants to invoke her rematch clause. Yes, at Extreme Rules. We are doing Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax again. And then Bliss came out. The crowd chanted, you deserve it. Uh, she plays babyface and then, uh-oh, swerve. She's still a heel, of she course. She does that so well. S- yes. Um, and I've written here, oh good, we're back to the bully stuff again. Because she brought us that Nia Jax is a bully and Ronda Rousey is a bully. And I thought, man, I, just, I feel like I'm in a time warp. We've just had this feud, mm. haven't we? But anyway, she she cut this promo. and But like Bliss was great. I think Bliss is a terrific promo and she's a great character. It's why she like really fits this kind of the championship mold very well. It's why she always, always really worked when she is the, uh, the champion. I'm sorry, I put my laptop on mute there. Um, but... I just feel like I've already heard all of this sort of stuff before. That was that was an issue that I didn't have with it. But however, this segment got great, terrific indeed. It got awesome when Ronda Rousey came out. So super mean face. No smiles today. Yeah, uh, and she stormed down to the ring. She gets in there. She kind of goes for Bliss right off the bat, but Kurt's holding her back, and Alexa keeps talking. That was my one issue with it. Yeah. It was just there, like so. Ronda like storms in. Kangle stops her, and she goes cool i'll stop then yeah and like she wasn't like trying to like go it's like i no, i'm i'm stopped now it's like an npc in a video game like you it doesn't move until you interact with it but she was just slightly slightly vibrating on the spot yeah with what? anger but uh yeah there was no cut angle physically holding her back and bliss didn't need to cut a second promo no but bliss did cut a second promo well yeah like bliss needed to be hiding behind kurt as ronda's coming down to the ring over Ronda's entrance music, that great overhyped rookie line, yeah. and then Rousey just storms right after. But that's not what happened. Like you said, Ronda just stood there for for too long. That's the only flaw of this segment for it me. Was, yeah. uh, but then she and I thought, oh, this is how they're going to end it. They're just going to have Ronda stand there, oh, they and did the not. baby face isn't going to. And before I even finished writing that sentence in my notes, Ronda had pushed Kurt aside and just started wailing on Bliss. Kurt tries to drag her off. And I was like, okay, well, that's the end of that. She beats up Kurt Angle with, a, like, the judo throw. The quickest judo throw I've oh, ever seen. It was incredible. So cool. And I was like, okay, well, she's going to look 
like, oh no, what have I done? I'm so... But no, she grabbed the beefcakes and started clobbering bliss with it. And I thought, wow, that's good. She clobbered Kurt Angle with it. I was like, yes, more of this. And then the referees are running down. I was like, she's going to... Yes. And she beats all them up as well. And then she there's a table in the ring. That's why it was so wide. And you had the WWE women's title and the Money in the Bank beefcakes positioned so far apart because bliss was going right through the middle. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Ronda's awesome. The crowd was so hyped for this. She's over. And if you don't let her cut promos in front of the live audience, she might be one of the biggest things in in WWE for a long, long time. It was so awesome. Yes. I loved this. It was so great. And all the while I'm thinking like, oh, WWE, you do know how to do this. You do know. Why didn't you do this with Roman? Like, why, like, from the get-go, why didn't you do this sort of stuff with Roman rather than suffer and suck a tash? Like, this was, like, instantly just made her my favourite thing on the show. Like, mm. it was just so, it was such a badass performance. She looked legit. She looked like a terrifying badass. It made Alexa Bliss look great as well because she's there going like, ha, 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 I'm the champion, overhyped rookie. Boom, gets absolutely laid out. She laid out Kurt Angle. She laid out the referees. Big old table spot. The crowd were nuclear for this. I thought every part, apart from her standing there looking like a goofball, this ruled mm. ruled i loved it yeah and she, like th- there are stone cold similarities here. i'm in no way saying that she's as over as stone cold was yet maybe you know hopefully uh or that she's the same level of performer but just in terms of character this is what the stone cold would do he'd beat up everyone he wouldn't like feign this oh we're, we're all friends really what have i done but she's a badass and that's that's really what I like. And I think I, I think that's why most people watch wrestling. Because they want to see these badass larger-than-life characters execute badass things that we can't do in real life. I, I completely agree with you. And then, like, backstage, Ronda did really well backstage. Yes. Also. So she, like, storms away. And, like, Kurt Angle catches up with her. And, and Ronda had this really great line. Because it's something that's been kind of bugging me as well. And it's nice to see that it's bugging Ronda, which is like... Everyone needs to stop telling me about like that, it, that this isn't UFC. Like I know it isn't. Mm. Like I know this is something different because like that's what um, uh, Bliss's promo was about. It's what the commentary was all saying last night during Money in the Bank. It's what Nia's been saying like in the build up to their match. The, this isn't UFC, honey. We do headbutts here and all this sort of stuff. When I was like, oh mate, I know, and I'm beating you all up at this as well because I'm brilliant and you're not. And then Kurt Angle dropped the bombshell. Get up, get up, drop the bombshell that he is suspending her for 30 days. He's like, I've got, I don't know what to do, but I've got to suspend you for 30 days. And Ronda was like, cool, I'll see you in 30 days then. She, uh, uh, Kurt also said, you'll never be the world champion. I mean, you'll never be Royal <laughs> Women's Champion. <laughs> that was my, that was the line that I yeah. giggled at. I was like, ah. Oh. I thought, was, I thought Bobby's flub was better later on. What did Bobby do? Bobby Lashley, mm. where he's like, you it said to Roman Reigns, like, you can't beat Roman Reigns. You can't beat Brock Lesnar. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fake Roman Reigns. <laughs> fake Roman. The fake, like, character storylines are rubbish, though. Mm. The, so this is interesting because you've got someone with an enormous amount of momentum coming off the great match at Money in the Bank uh, and this great follow-up segment here. I, I, when they said 30 days, you're suspended for 30 days, and Ronda accepted that as, I'll see you in 30 days then, and I'll kick Alexa's ass, which is extreme rules, really. That's the next pay per view. I thought, okay, so she's off to promote Mile, Mile 22. 22. Yeah. Mile 22 doesn't come out until like the first week of August. 
So actually, that's that's two months away in itself. This is... She wouldn't be doing press now. So I'm really, really hoping that Ronda can keep up this momentum and do that cool stone-cold thing of being suspended, but just turning up in the crowd, running in, and just causing havoc over the next four weeks. Or, I mean, if you... So you could do that. I think one of the great things about doing suspension storylines because they've done this with Cena as well and it actually used to bug me when they did it with Cena and with Austin in all fairness is that you're like you're suspended and you're like oh I'm suspended and then the next week they're like but now, now I'm here and you're mm. like well okay you weren't even gone for like five days but I, I do like the idea though of Alexa Bliss doing these matches you know because Nia's not there either at the moment because Nia's injured like you keep, keep Nia off TV for a little while sell the injuries from Money in the Bank and Alexa can have like these showcase matches but after each of those matches a Ronda package like a Ronda video comes up on the Titantron which just shows her training mm. which is like I'm spending the next 30 days training yeah I'm well, that's... I, and I'm getting ready because I'm going to be back and like almost like counting down and all. being like I'll be back in 20 however many days that's left he's like clock's ticking I'll be back in this amount of days yeah and you run those MMA style real legit well shot WWE documentary style yeah uh, vignettes like they did in the build up to the tag match at Mania that's a terrific idea I was going to propose something else but I think yours is much better thank you uh, so yeah Ronda then walked out of the building and Renee Young was there and she said what well, you know what are you going to do well she tried to interview her and she just walked away <laughs> mm. and then she said something about UFC again and uh, and I think that's when she stopped back and was just like <coughs> oh no she wished her luck she was like well good luck and she was like, no, send those luck, send that luck to uh, Alexa Bliss mm. because uh, in 30 days I'm coming after her. Next up, we got Bobby Roode come down and he's selling his ribs from that super coup de gras that Finn Balor hit on him off a massive ladder in the ring uh, at Money in the Bank. And that was one of the issues. Not much selling of the brutal ladder match. Not from the most annoyingly from the women, I would argue. But uh, it was only Bobby Roode and Kevin Owens here who were showing any sign of Well, you can't have Braun do that, can you? Yeah, but Bailey and Sasha Banks certainly could have. Bailey, Bailey wasn't in the match. Yes, it was such a big match, though. <laughs> I mean, most of the referees have you, most of the referees had to go go home for medicals because of that Alistair Black kick. <laughs> the the wi- you know the the missed one. Yeah, yeah, totally. The, the wind forces. It's sending everyone flying. Yeah, even yeah, yeah. though they were yeah not at that show, it's it's really really bad. Even the ones that were at the UK show last night. Yeah, yeah. Several. Mm. Dra- well, Drake. I don't know how he was there. Real trooper. Well, actually, what he did is he did that kick, and then all of the UK lads jumped into the wind, and it transported them over yeah. to the Royal Albert Hall. Really saves on uh, flights. Yeah, it really it? is. Yeah. Although Drake you was don't... there, wasn't he? He was indeed. I know. I marked out a little bit when I saw him. Uh, so yes, Bobby Roode came down, and Kurt Hawkins was there, and even with. Bobby Roode's injured midsection. He still beat Kurt Hawkins in a minute, about a minute. About, yeah, DDT, Bobby won. Um, I've written that was pointless. Yeah, because it wasn't enough to do the comedy stuff with Kurt, and it wasn't enough to get Roode in any way over. No. So it was it was just flat. It was it was filler. Yeah. It was there because they've got three hours to fill, and you can't do video packages. But like, because people will change the channel. You could make. You can make good filler. <laughs> that, that, like, for all these faults, that's what Vince Russo did. Vince Russo always made sure that every single person had a storyline. Unfortunately, some of those storylines were absolutely ridiculous. But at least everyone had something. Like, everyone seemed to have a direction. And and guys like this, it's just, you have, how can anyone possibly care? Yeah. It almost feels like, they, uh, 
Russo, to his credit as well, always made sure that every segment was like, you don't want to change the channel. You absolutely cannot yeah. ch- change the channel to Nitro because you've got to stick around to see what's happening on Raw, even if it was just mid-card stuff. And actually, mid-card, like, 90s WWF, particularly in the Attitude Era, matches only went, like, a minute. Like, featuring top guys as well. It'd be like, you know, mid-card guys versus mid-card guys. Matches still only go about a minute. You just had the Godfather. We just did the pimp drop, and that would be it. And you'd be like, oh, well, well that match is over now. Next segment, next segment, next segment. Boom, 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 boom. This felt like it was like, oh, we've got three hours. and But they don't even, like, pick out guys for matches. They were just like, uh, wrestler A versus wrestler B. They put it up on the board. And it was like, who wants to do it? Mm. And so we go, like, oh, me, I'll, I'll have a shot. And they're like, cool, it's you. And then who else? Okay, I'll go, me, yeah. you two then. Off you go. You've got a minute. Next up, we got someone who, who most definitely is factored into loads of plans, though. And because he was on this show for the whole night. And I read a review on Cage Side Seats of this episode. And they quite interestingly pointed out that this was a heel-heavy show. In that the heels pretty much all won. Mm. Dolph won. Baron won. For, for the tag match later on. Riot Squad won. Riot Squad won. It was... It was Mojo it, won. Yeah, it was a good night for the heels. And Braun Strowman really is the only babyface who's on the... Yeah, Seth lost. Is is on the up and kind of can stand up to the authority. Even Kurt Angle, the Raw General Manager, can't stand up to this. And so, you know, Finn, like later on, Finn Balor's just standing there grinning. And it's Braun who comes in and says... Don't you dare say that about my best friend, Finn Balor. He's a tag team match thing. And spot on him, personally. Yeah, thank you very way. much. Yeah. And it's it's just... Yeah, Braun Strowman's the only real baby face with any power at the moment. Mm. Which, yeah, is, which is a weird yeah. state to be in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this, this video package was Braun Strowman. Uh, and it recapped the Money in the Bank win. And then JoJo introduces him in just like such a scripted correction of herself as Mr. Money in the... <laughs> excuse me, Monster in the Bank. Yeah. Uh, so I that's going to get old fast. Cole had a moment like that later on as well. Again, that sort of scripted moment where he's like, he's Mr. Money in the Bank and uh, Graves was like, uh, Cole? And he's like, sorry, Monster in the Bank. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Uh, Braun comes down and he cuts a promo saying, he's done all these things. He won the greatest Royal Rumble weird green belt thing. Oh, was yeah. it green? It was green. green. And he had a trophy as well. Because he said, I won this giant trophy. And I was like, did you win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? And then, <laughs> then he was like, at the greatest Rumble, I was like, oh yeah, no, that trophy. Yeah. yeah we don't talk about that. I f- yeah, forgot about I forgot, that I thing forgot about happened. that trophy. Um, but yeah, he won that trophy. And um, he's also won tag team championships with, oh, yeah, a, of course. with a 10-year-old. Um, but this, this but Money this in the wa- Bank beefcase is the crowning achievement of his career so far. He's very happy. He's very happy it. with it. And he calls out Brock Lesnar. As soon as Brock shows his face, which is going to be SummerSlam, I guess, Strowman's going to cash it in, and the Beast is going to get these hands. Yeah. Um, I just don't feel like Braun, Braun cashing in just feels very weird. You want him to announce in advance. Yeah, that, yeah. that would have been my preferred method, but you know, just, you know, the show's not always designed for what I want. I, I feel like... Uh, a Braun Strowman, a Braun Strowman cash-in as a surprise would work brilliantly against the babyface champion, and it's Braun turning heel. Yeah, maybe. But then you don't want people to flip flop too much. In but character. as you said yesterday as well, quite rightly pointed out, he does have the perfect entrance music for a cash-in. Braun, <laughs> who's that? Uh, (laughs) Kevin Owens then comes out and he's doing a marvellous job selling his injuries from the previous night because of course Braun Strowman threw him from that massive ladder through the 
technical area. Technical area. There's laptops there. Did you see his tweet today to Shania Twain? Oh, because he's a big fan. He's a big fan. So his wife got him tickets to oh, see her in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sent her a message like, I'm a WWE wrestler. And uh, I got thrown off a ladder by a nasty man. Can you please play my favorite song tonight? Please retweet. <laughs> Follow back. Uh, and Owens is... So everything leading up to Money in the Bank, he was trying to get everyone on his side to take out Braun Strowman. And in quite a consistent and nice character beat... He is now trying to befriend Braun Strowman because he, you know, he's, he comes out, he's eaten that delicious humble pie and said, I want to congratulate you, but who is watching your back? I haven't got any, anyone watching my back. Sami Zayn's injured now. And then if we help each other out, when you do win the Universal title, I want the first shot. I've been Universal Champion. I can, I can help you out with these, these logistical things. And uh, yeah, it was... Of course, Braun didn't buy into any of it. He, they go for the handshake. Braun keeps hold of the hand, of these hands, and then he tries to power slam him, but Owens escapes. I like Owens' consistent selling of how scared he is of Strowman. Yeah. I mean, it's more consistent than how scared he is of ladders. Sure. But I really enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, that was good. And that sort of tied into stuff later on. And then we got our first Bailey and Sasha Banks segment. Uh, these were the two narrative threads running throughout the last two hours of Raw. It's almost like two different episodes, isn't it? Hmm. You've got the, the Ronda-Seth Rollins super show for the first hour, and then here's the rest of the episode. Yes, hmm. yeah. Um, this stuff wasn't as good. So Bailey walks up to Sasha backstage and said, like, hey, man, I, I was rooting for you last night at Money in the Bank. But, like, what you, you can't just focus on the fact that you've lost. Like, I know you're going to be sitting there watching the WWE Network, which is $9.99 a month. And Sasha's like, I'm already watching it. He's like, no, we've got to, like, got to focus on the now. I could do with some help. I need you in my corner because I have some issues with the Riot Squad. And they announced the tag team match later on. Bailey and Banks taking on the Riot Squad. Mm. Yeah. And that they, they, they kind of hug at the end, don't they? They start getting friendly. Sasha Banks is like, okay, let's just all be buddies again. And I knew it was never going to last. I knew the Riot Squad match was going to end in them falling out again. I just don't care at all. <laughs> this is... I can't imagine why. So this is the, the worst feud out of the two, of that and Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley, because at least Zayn and Lashley was just four weeks. Bold. I mean, I, I, I actually agree with you. Mm. But, um, man, it's bold. It's terrible storytelling. It's terrible. Uh, next up, we got the Deleter of Worlds taking on Heath Slater and Rhino because this number one contenders thing is going to... I thought we might get that match here, but no, it's going to be dragged out a bit longer, which is good because this wasn't bad for building a match. The B team appeared on the Titan Tron before the match started doing a parody promo. Yes, of uh, of Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. So Curtis Axel was dressed up as Matt Hardy, doing a, a, a pretty decent Matt Hardy impersonation. And then Bo walks in with a big fake beard and a little hat on. Obviously, the brother of Bray Wyatt, in in you know a shoot brother in real life. Um, and then he does a, a pretty good impression too of his own brother, which I'd imagine is quite easy to do, really. Yeah, I th- I thought, and it looked like Bray was laughing. Yes, it it was. He was and, they were having fun, and they were very good at just like saying all the nonsense stuff that the deleter of worlds would usually say when i just write in my notes they talk nonsense mm. but they talk nonsense and it was it was actually quite funny 
because it was just nonsense. This was a good comedic performance, and you, so you, it was. You didn't just have the impersonation. You had a bit where Dallas was like, "I'm sick of this," and he takes off the beard, and he said, "Let's stop doing the characters." But Curtis Axel was still doing the wonderful character, and that was funny. And then they were like, "We're here." They do the the lamp extinguish spot, but the lights turn off. But they're obviously still there. And they're like, "What? What should we do?" Yeah, and they just kind of crouch down to get out of shot. It was Bo's little look of the eyes <laughs> <laughs> to see if Axel was doing anything, and then yeah, they just sort of duck out of shot. I really, really enjoyed this, and I think I've said this before, but but Axel and Dallas have an edging Christian vibe about them. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I don't think you have said it on you haven't said it on this show, mm. but yeah, I, I, I can see that. And I think uh, obviously it's like comparing Ronda Rousey to Stone Cold. They're not in the same like at the same level, but there is semblances of character there. And I I would be really intrigued to see Dallas and Axel given a bit more creative license, see what they could do comedic wise. They've got great chemistry together and the the, the good comic timing as well. So it's like if they are given a bit more free reign rather than scripted to the second barbecue segments, that that you could have like a bit of new day awesomeness on on their hands absolutely yeah anyway the uh, deleter of worlds then had a very short match against rhino and Heath slater where they hit their finish and won yep next up we got kurt and baron constable corbin backstage both on phones well it's the most, as you said to me when i came to say it's the most gm thing you've ever seen so kurt angles looking at his phone and then baron corbin walks behind him and says also on his phone you know stephanie's want like something whatever and it transpires that Stephanie's on the phone. Kurt takes the phone call and he's like, yes, I've got a big announcement to make later because of this. Uh, Jinder Mahal takes on Chad Gable next. This is interesting. A character change for Jinder. A character reversion. Do you remember in 2016, uh, the summer after the brand split, and Jinder Mahal returned to Raw? And he returned to Raw with this character where he was preaching peace and spirituality and how we can all get together and everything's love that's he's all based on love kind of like a an indian guru was the kind of character he was portraying but as soon as the bell rang it's exposed that he's a hypocrite and he's actually quite mean and he'll try and cheat but as soon as the action finishes back into guru status this is that character i don't remember that at all yeah, it lasted. Well, I mean, it's, I, I totally believe you that it happened. I, just, I have no memory of it whatsoever. It lasted. It wasn't on TV a lot, and it was infrequent, infrequent when he was on. But for about six months until he paired up with Rusev in January mm, the next year. Interesting. And so, then, yeah. of course, three months after that, he gets the huge push on SmackDown. Yeah. So it's when he talks about the winds of change it, again. It that was. He's it mentioned. wasn't a reference to Chicago, as some people thought it might have been. Uh yeah, he's, he's just... To the Windy City. ...gone back to this spiritual gimmick. Yeah. I mean, I saw a tweet today that made me laugh, because I think, oh, cool, he's Matt Seidel now. Mm. Which I thought was funny. Uh, and he beat Gable in minutes with a coloss. Yeah, he said that although he did lose to Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank, he won the battle of self-improvement. Uh, over here, what the F are you talking about? Mm. Um, but yeah, he's now a tranquil being, uh, and he beat him... Yeah. Cole says that he and Roman had a really physical match. Uh, you are lying there, Cole. Uh, Gable got some nice throws in and got uh, Moonsault for a near fall and then Jinder hit the Colossus and won. Mm. So what happened to that Chad Gable versus McIndolf storyline? 
I think it was just two weeks of filler. Oh, fair enough. Face this guy, face this guy, lose to them both. Hey, <clears throat> what a storyline. Mm. Well, I guess it's it... Like, like a big cast storyline. Yeah, it gives Mac and Dolph such convincing wins <laughs> to then get eliminated first in that battle royal. Yeah. Then we got a really sweet Special Olympics segment, and then it was Riot Squad beating Sasha Banks and Bailey. Well, backstage they were doing more rioty oh, yeah. things, like closing laptops... And they threw and the, and the laptop on the I, floor. I know, but it was just when they closed the laptop, I was like, oh, no. And then they smashed the laptop. I was like... Oh, I, I didn't was, I was, save. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, I was in the middle of something there. Uh, and then they drew on a mirror. What's that? Uh, isn't there like a little shortcut that you just press and then it wipes everything on the computer? I have no it's idea. It's a combination of keys. I, I swear we used to do it to people at school. Uh, but they should have just done that. No, you're, they should have done if they were going to do really risey things, is the uh, the trick that you told me about that you used to play, the little prank you used to play on your friends or your friend's group used to play, which is where you find a a girl that you that they know and then you go on into... On Facebook. On Facebook. Just not around. Not, not around girl. You find a girl that they know on Facebook, go into their profile, find a girl that they know that doesn't know the other person, go into their photos, find a photo of them looking rather pretty, and just give it a little like. Yeah, it's usually Cozo 8 is the album you want. <laughs> a little girl's holiday just to a sunny find, country. Just find one photo, click like. Because, as you said, the person you've done the, the little you've done the prank to never knows that it's happened. Yeah. And actually, the friend doesn't know that it's happened either. But the friend of that friend will go like, huh, that's weird. The friend of the friend might one day say to the friend, <laughs> what, do you know a... Uh... Enter name here. Yeah. So, yeah. He liked this photo of me in a bikini <laughs> about three weeks ago. It's very that's fun. Really I mean, funny. I think they should do because that's not very visually exciting. But <laughs> well, for I the mean, riot squad yeah. to just storm down the aisle. <laughs> oh, and then, oh, God, let's just scroll. No, yeah, not that, don't, don't do that photo. Good. No, not that one. Uh, the the other thing that, and it's to this day why I don't really lean on a wall, <laughs> is is because you would lean on a wall with like you know your your legs crossed and slightly out from the wall mm. if you do that someone will run up kick your legs out yeah. and you'll fall down to the floor that would be a nice riot thing to do I always, I do find that when I go to a public urinal I find myself um, really planting my feet checking the other ones out yeah apart from that I'm like just, just to get, not, just, just, not yeah. as a perv thing just to see <laughs> what the reference what the, what the, what the measuring, measuring stick, stick is, is. <laughs> no I find myself really planting my feet into the ground because when we were teenagers and you go to pubs you go into the uh, toilets and just give them a little push in the back <laughs> while, they're, while they're taking a piss. Yes. <laughs> Another classic. So this is how interesting the Banks Bailey feud is <laughs> yeah. that we're talking about this. But right, the Riot Squad, yet they also drew on a mirror. They did, yes. Is it a Sharpie? Because if it's not a Sharpie, I'm not interested. No, I think it was um, it was black um, lipstick, I mm. think, because they're goths and that. Yeah. Um, the story of this match, though, was was odd in a sense because Bailey wouldn't tag Sasha in. Because they put her on commentary, well, Sasha's hurt from the money in the bank thing. And that made me go like, well, Bailey's an idiot then for asking Banks to tag with her if she doesn't even want her to be in the match. Yeah. It's a cl- classic Bailey move. So, like, Sasha then blind tagged herself in, did some stuff, and then Bailey blind tagged herself in. And I'm like, why, why are we even. What? Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, and then they got on the page, the right page at right at one time, and then there was a cheap shot by Logan, roll up by the Morgan with the tights, the right squad win, and then Bailey tries to help up Banks being like a shucks, I guess we lost again. And Banks pushed her away. This had, a long stare down. Yes, and this had zero heat. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then Banks just walked off. And uh, Michael it's Cole... It's a feud again. Michael Cole said, the friendship is fractured again. Who cares? Who cares? Kurt Angle comes out. Well, we haven't finished it yet. Because backstage, Bailey chased oh, after oh, Sasha. Yes. And Banks says, uh, essentially as I quote, I'm, fin- I'm finished with you. Oh, no, Bailey said, I'm not finished with you. And Banks was like, well, I'm finished with you. Uh, and uh, they had a brawl, similar to the brawl to the one we saw months ago. Mm. Then we got Kurt Angle. Yeah. Uh, the, Bailey said that a few times because later on she goes she said, after the, the ex- car. The exact, the exact same lines. I'm not finished with you. And then, but I'm finished with you. That's Braun's line. I'm not finished with you. Yeah, it's, but it doesn't sound as threatening. I thought Bailey was going to flip the car. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then we got Kurt Angle come out and he said he's going to reveal who... Brock Lesnar's next opponent's gonna be. It's gonna. Durden! 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 How many times have you seen this template play out before Kurt says, here's the. Du-. Like, this is what's gonna happen with the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns' music hits. I should be the challenger. Oh my god. I am sick to death of Roman. And I'm sick to death of you saying, oh, but he, he is over. He's over as this... The, Roman Reigns isn't over as a baby face, but he is over because he gets a reaction. No, I, I'm no. Just, mate, I never said I... Like, that's that's WWE's... Like, that's their mindset, man. I'm, no, I'm not having this contradictory, d- d- contrarian argument anymore. It's that we're booing booking. The booking, the bad booking is over, not Roman. Yes. Anyway... Roman says that um, this show is getting out of control but you know how it would be under control is if we had a champion that was here each and every week I was like what's that got to do with anything it made no no sense I thought Roman in the first half of this was quite poor Mm. but he did have a very good line at the end which was well, we'll 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 come on to it. Well, so Bobby Lashley comes out. Bobby says, Lashley comes out. Roman Reigns can't beat Roman Reigns. <laughs> Falls over his lines, <laughs> and they're written here. Huh, the revival come out. Yeah, yeah. Because Angle goes that it's going to be a five way at Extreme Rules. I missed that line. Mm. I must have been taking notes or something. I just missed that line of dialogue because then they kept talking about it in commentary. I was like, when was that announced? Well, the revival come out and say, hey. You haven't earned. You're just given these opportunities. I'm like, well, you're given. You get, you're going to earn the opportunity in the five-person match. But it was just it was just a way to set up a tag match. It was very contrived, I yes. found. But it was a pretty decent match. Well, the good line came from so Dash and Wilder are, uh, yeah, no, Dash and. Uh, Dash Dawson. and Dawson, Dash sorry, yeah. Wilder. Which one's Dash? Which one's Dawson? Um, <laughs> Dash and Dawson are kind of in this promo, and Roman just starts talking over it, sort of mimicking them and mm. being like, "We're tough guys." And then my a bit I really liked was like, "If you guys want a tag match, I'll happily score you. Maybe Bob will learn something." Pointing to Lashley, and I was like, "I kept it nice and short because Bobby then shot in this look of just like, oh, you mother effer.'" Mm. And I, I thought that was, that was really nice. But they, yeah, they had a good match and they played up on that dynamic when Reigns had the match won. He's sending up the spear. He's ready to go. Hoo-ah. But Bobby Lashley blind tags himself in. Bobby Lashley hits the spear and picks up the win. Yeah. Um, but was 
So was the spear part of Lashley's Arsenal back in the I day? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, that's what I remember. So yeah. that's, that's, that's cool. A, that's a much better finisher than a vertical suplex. Mm. Hey, it's a delayed vertical Sorry, suplex. Sorry, I do apologise. All the blood goes to the top of the head. Uh, then we got backstage. Kurt and Constable Corbin are walking along. Oh, I think I missed one of my favourites. Yes, I missed one of my favourite angle moments, which was when they had Sasha and Bailey fighting backstage. And it cut to Kurt, and he's just looking at the title and goes, I can't get the show under control. Mm-hmm. Almost to himself. It was one of it was one of two that really made me laugh. But the the show did feel chaotic, and much more than recent like recent I don't know months. If it felt chaotic. Not I, did, not to not to like the attitude era degree, but it, it felt like an effort was made where it was that everything there, there was an unpredictability around it, especially with Ronda breaking the usual format of I stand here while you trash talk me, um, and the Seth Rollins title change, and then everyone kind of. I don't know if I'd agree that it felt chaotic. Chaotic's a strong word, I I, I must say. But there's a less... Whatever the less word of chaotic. A riot. Slightly chaotic? (laughs) (laughs) Chaotic It was a little bit. It was a little bit chaotic. (laughs) And I appreciate that. Just a smidge of chaos in there. Mm. Uh, The... But not the... That that Okada's actually in. Yeah. Or or, or what Sanity is talking about. Uh, So... They're walking along, and Finn Balor is there, smiling, just just hanging out in a corridor, smiling, waiting for people to walk past him. And he goes, "Hey, Kurt, I that Extreme Rules Five Way sounds real fun. Can <gasps> can I be a part of it, Kurt? Gee, Willikers, Mister Angle, oh. can I be a part of it?" And Corbin goes, "No," yeah. which I, I thought Corbin's been so good recently. I'm I've been a fan of him for a while, but he's he's really finding his character groove in this new role. And this could have been the death of... Like, I never liked Authority Kane, Corporate Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this when he is, wrestled in slacks. Yeah, I know. But this is really working for him. Uh, and then Kevin Owens turns up, <laughs> like, out of nowhere, and goes, yeah, you, sh- you shouldn't get the shot, Finn Balor. Yeah. And then Strowman's behind Owens. It's a... It's almost like a sitcom. It was quite a sitcom, making fun yeah. of the, the conventions of sitcoms. He was like, you don't even know when trouble is behind you. Mm. And then a reveal of Braun behind him. And he was like, and then Owen saw it really well. Where he was like, Ugh! and sort of like ran across the other side to kind of hide behind Corbin. And, uh, and it turns out that Finn and Braun are friends, apparently. He's just like, no one says that to my friend. Well, I think, I, I think that's been set up. And over the last three weeks, there were those, or four weeks, there was a series... That they definitely tagged together, and then they had two matches over two weeks against each other, where they kind of earned each other's respects. Earning respect is a bit different to friendship, though. I, I, th- I, I thought the seeds were there, and, I, that, and this is Braun deciding you're my friend now. I was going to say maybe it was the F word that because um, it's that that women's thing of just like no, they're my friend. Uh, but then Angle had he stole the show anyway because he just went shows a tra- is a runaway train and walked <laughs> off. A one-away Twain. <laughs> you ever seen that? Was that? A one-away Twain. A one-away Twain? A one-away Twain. It's from uh, when Snakes on a Plane came out. There was a uh, a sort of straight-to-DVD knockoff of an already straight-to-DVD knockoff uh, hey, story. Hey, Snakes on a Train got a uh, cinema release. Snakes on a Train? Snakes on a Plane, rather. Was, well, this was Snakes on a Train. Right. <clears throat> and this guy has one line, which is... There's a runaway. We've got a runaway train, mm. but he's got he's got a problem with he's got a lisp. What, whatever it is, where you can't do R's correctly. Just th- there's a runaway twain, <laughs> and it, it's just take after take, and he gets so angry, and it's kind of it goes into heartbreaking territory, but then it gets funny again. Do you know who would have found that hilarious? 
Vince McMahon. Yes. Because if there's one thing that Vince McMahon loves, it's a speech impediment. Mm. He thinks they're the funniest thing, apparently. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it would have been better if Strowman came up to Balor and said, I'm not having, I'm sick of all you guys bullying people. Mm. I'll be your tag partner, Finn. Yeah. Yeah, rather than, we're friends. We're fr- ooh, we're ooh, friends. friends. Uh, Mojo Rawley beat No Way Jose. Before that, we oh, uh, got Michael we got Michael else. Cole announcing the uh, mm. WWE 2K19 cover star and called it, quote, one of the most anticipated video games in history. Oh, do F off. Mm. Like, un- like, that is just trite. Absolute trite nonsense to say. One of the most anticipated video games in history. In history. Oh, I, I don't know why. Just like, as soon, and it's because it's his dumb face as well. I was like, "Oh, get lost, Michael Cole. Shut up." Really irritated me. It's weird how little things just. I know. Because there's a lot of. It's almost like there's too much to be annoyed about. So our minds can only comprehend <laughs> getting annoyed about these one really tiny specific just, things. Just, just say. <clears throat> it's a game that everyone's really looking forward to. The most anticipated video game in history. And it undermines when you've actually got something genuinely historic to promote. Yes, exactly. Because you call everything the most important thing ever. Yeah. I mean, it's the it'll be the same game we got last year and the year previous. Although well, I only played the one last year for the ta- first time. Talking of historic matches, Mojo Rawley beat No Way Jose next. Uh, the way you perfectly described it, have you ever seen a match that defined the third hour of Raw more? No. No. Uh, and Cole got to say, his, he was trying to sum up the two differences the differences between these two characters mojo is all about business in the ring whereas no way jose just wants to have fun <laughs> it's the little things isn't it the little things and uh, rawley cut a quick in-ring promo afterwards yes, i he cannot won. remember what he says uh, he said uh, that he used to stay hype hyped but now he stays focused whatever that means focused bros <laughs> i want that tag team don't know what it really meant, but uh, he he he, uh, he walked away. Hmm. And then we got a, a grumpy Sasha walking to her car. Bailey walked up and said the exact same lines they'd said in the previous segment. And then Sasha said she's done helping her and being her friend. And she drives off, and Bailey threw a water bottle at her, possibly doing some damage to the car. It's a rental. Yeah, let's do some. Let's pay an extra on that. Conor McGregor style chucking a water bottle. Yeah. Not a. Not a freaking whenever he threw at that bus. Like a guardrail. Yeah. Uh, then we got. I really like this. An Elias gig that was not interrupted. He had no jibber-jabber back and forth with the crowd. He just did one song, which was genuinely very good. Like, I really, really liked it. It told a story. It div- it like pushed where his character might go next. It was really good. I was, j- I was waiting for Finn Balor's music to hit to interrupt it, because that's what we come to expect with Elias' um, concerts. Is that he starts to sing, music hits, then he's like, oh, okay, and then just disappears. He Renee Young's off mm. into the ether. But yeah, he did an entire thing, put over that, like, you know, Seth had to cheat of money in the bank. Hey, I think I should be in the uh, the Extreme Rules match. What would Elias do? Which I think might be his new uh, gimmick. Yeah, like a sort of ask yourself, what would Jesus do in this position? He's comparing himself to, to that quite yeah. loftily. So... Great stuff. And just the last delivery of the line, because it kind of, the, the song ends on a refrain of him saying, what would Elias do? What would Elias do? What would Elias do? The last delivery of what would Elias do was just like, it was 
it was sincere. It I was, got feels. It was funny as well because like that was his chorus, and he did the chorus like the final chorus four times. And the the more he did it, the more the crowd booed, being like, "We've mate, we've heard this bit before." Like get to the end. I was hoping he was going to just do it again. <laughs> it's like the song finishes, and then just start doing the and then mm. do the chorus a couple more times. But I really like that. I hope we get more straight up Elias performance segments because then when he does get interrupted, it's it's different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe Jason Jordan can come out and throw vegetables at him. That's... Oh, I forgot that happened. <laughs> I've only just remembered it myself. Seth Rollins had a backstage interview. He's a sad Seth Rollins. He's a sad oh, Seth Rollins. Poor but, Seth Rollins. But he said there's no excuses. You know, I lost tonight. But I'm invoking my rematch clause for next Monday. I hope he doesn't win it back. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be quite undermining for Dolph. And I think now Seth can go into the, the main event properly. Or Whatever that or in, is. Or into a tag team feud with him and Jason Jordan. <clears throat> and then we got the main event of Baron Corbin and Kevin Owens beating Braun Strowman and Finn Balor. Baron Corbin wrestled in his Constable Corbin gear, which is like a suit trousers and a shirt and a waistcoat. He did look like a snooker player. Meltzer did not like this. Oh, really? No, he's like, I can't take it seriously. Gets on the same. <laughs> I thought it looked really good, especially when he took off. When Braun gets in there, so Braun gets in the ring, and it's this stare-off, and I was like, I never appreciated how tall Corbin is. That's, that's why you're not in the WWE office. You'd have thought that'd be the first thing you'd have thought of when he walked in. Good Lord, how tall he is! But do, don't you think, like... Baron Corbin made Braun Strowman's proportions look weird. Mm. Because if you look at Braun Strowman, he should be even bigger than he is, just because he's just enormous in his body. But Baron Corbin's just like a normal-ish person who's just very tall. So seeing them both the same height just seemed like Braun Strowman had been compacted a bit. Cool, I but, guess. I guess. But I, I, I quite liked uh, Corbin's look. And as mm. you said, there was a moment when Braun got in, and he's like almost like tore off the waistcoat and sort of undid the shirt a little bit. I was like, I, I, I like this. I don't know. It's quite nice. Business Corbin. Business Corbin. I, I, I mean, I swear. I can't say this for certain, but I swear Meltzer said he liked Jack Gallagher's suit wrestling gimmick back mm. when he had it. So there might be some hypocrisy there. But I can't well, remember from, he said from that Dave for Meltzer? He's usually pretty I consistent, know. I would say. He is. In his opinions. Uh, tell that to YouTube. Tell that to New Japan. Tell that to Twitter. Uh, tell and that to Bruce Bridget. FFDM. You learned that, that you yeah, learned that yesterday, didn't right? you? We're at the UK show and, and someone was wearing an FDM t-shirt and I, I pointed it out to you and you'd never heard of it before. No. It stands for F Dave Meltzer, which is... And you could not... you. I don't think you believed me for a little while that that's what it meant. Because it's done in that NWO yeah. design. What a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous thing. Uh, but I, yeah, I thought this match was pretty good overall. I, I thought it was really fun. Braun charged after Kevin Owens. Oh, there was a, yeah, when Braun was charging after Owens on the outside, Bal- uh, not Balor, Corbin does a dive off the apron. That looked good. awesome. Yeah. I honestly, ending this match, I came away thinking, I want to see Corbin versus Strowman. Hmm. I never thought I'd say that in a million years. I thought Corbin looked really good, and he picked up the win when Strowman had tackled Owens through the barricade into the timekeeper's area and Corbin hit the end of days on Balor for the win yeah so every uh, the two big guys are protected yes uh, and Corbin gets a win so it's actually nice that we're still keeping Corbin as a wrestler and not just as a backstage authority figure mm. because then he can kind of use his position to to help his, exactly. his wrestling insert career insert himself into this uh, is it a five way at the, at the elimination, yes. chamber, yeah. uh, elimination chamber extreme rules 
Which is, I mean, it was a five-way last year at Extreme Rules. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was the one that Joe won. Mm. The, was that last year? It was. Yeah. It was, yeah, because it, it was the, a month before, before though. Because, Great Balls of Fire, that's right. Yeah, Great Balls. Yeah, because it was dual-branded. Yes. It wasn't dual-branded back then. Yeah. So, overall, a very newsworthy episode, mostly at the start. Uh, the first hour was absolutely terrific. I thought almost faultless programming from Raw. And I th- watching that, I thought we might be on the course for a, an, an in-awe episode, a five out of five. They just need a couple more good matches and an, I would say one really good angle. So like a good Sasha Banks heel turn. But unfortunately, the last two hours were only okay. Yes. So over, overall, I, I, I still gave it a four out of five. Though. Mm, really yeah. enjoyed this show. Really, really did. And it just feels like a reset of everything after that WrestleMania hangover in between that and Money in the Bank. And now we can start building new feuds. There weren't really any hangover feuds from before. No, Jinder is not continuing with Roman. Elias isn't with Seth. Yep. Uh, Zayn's away from Lashley. It's just um, Owens and Strowman, I guess, would be the only one that's kind of carried over. But that was never... Yeah, I get, yeah you're right, actually. Yeah. yeah. But so, yeah, this is, this is good stuff. Uh, hopefully, WWE can continue on. And unfortunately, that probably means SmackDown's going to be awful tonight. Because <laughs> only one show can be good at a time. What would you give it? Uh, I, I thought the first hour was terrific. But I, the second, the other two hours did nothing for me. The Bailey and Sasha Banks stuff really didn't do anything for me. Um, I thought I enjoyed the main event, but I was I was a bit tired of the show by that point. Um, I'm really like when Lashley came out to confront Roman Reigns, I was like, oh, dear me, this is where we're heading, are we? I think because I'm just I'm over the whole Roman Reigns thing because I just think his character has completely fallen off the wagon since WrestleMania. So I'm 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 just not invested in Raw's main event scene. Which I think is is my issue I have with the show at the moment. But you know the the Macandolf thing is quite intriguing, and the Ronda Rousey stuff is awesome. So I'd, I'd have given it a high average, I think. I'd have still gone, yeah, an average. But like because the first hour was so good, I would certainly give it, a, you know, put up a little notch. So I'm going to have to apologise, uh, listeners. I know we've got a lot of correspondence, and I do want to, uh, dude, I do want to read some of them, particularly because we have been sent one, two, three, four, five, five poems. Oh, lovely! Five poems. Do you want one of them now? Let's just do one. Let's do one of them. And then we'll have to get out of here. So I've got one here from Emma Healy. Dear Luke and Ollie, I've listened to your podcast for a while now and felt it was time I broke my silence. While I'm still working on my crap gimmick to send you, I thought you may appreciate my crap poem to tide you over in the meantime. (laughs) Backstory, every year for Valentine's Day, I write a silly cheesy poem for my other half because it's cheaper than buying him a card and I always base it on current wrestling events or pop culture references. He's had to put up with these for 10 years. Please feel sorry for him. Actually, that was quite nice. That's what you need to find, Dan. Uh, uh, While cleaning out a memory stick, I discovered I still had the poem I sent him for this year's Valentine's. It's super cheesy and cringeworthy, but I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. Side note, Ollie, your poem was amazing. I'm not a big fan of poetry myself, as you will see from my attempt, but you have inspired me to go and find my own writing group so I can learn more about it and hopefully write something fairly decent. Well, that's part of hashtag WrestleTalkGetBetter. It's not just about Luke's fitness. It's also about about just everyone pursuing what they want to do. Hey, man, we actually talked on uh, Sunday. <laughs> we did, On yeah. Sunday about <laughs> another aspect of WrestleTalk Look Better. We're, we're watching a lot of Queer Eye, which is just a phenomenal Netflix S- show. Such a good show. And yeah. it, has, it has made me get what is considered a terrible haircut. 
Like it was, it was, it was a mistake. You're thinking way too much about this. It's getting better. I think. There was not one single comment on Sundays. There was one. There was one, but <laughs> I think that is no more than the usual. Uh, well, as I said, I think we were just got a lucky because there was the Prince Puma tight thing. And yes. I think because of that, everyone was just distracted. So, you know, we got away with it in the end. Uh, thank you both for your amazing consistency. Keep up the good work yes. from a dedicated pod swafter and fellow WrestleTalk.com writer, Emma Kiss Kiss. Oh, is that that, that Emma? Yes. Fantastic. Uh, she's got a little winky face emoji in there as well. Oh, it's called, it's titled, Oh No, Not Another Poem. Oh no, not another poem, I hear you call. But don't you worry, it's only scheduled for one fall. One this- fall! <laughs> this time I'm doing a Teddy Long and putting you in a tag team player. My first pick was Kane, but he's busy running for mayor. Maybe I could pay you with the Viper or Big Match John. But they're both getting a bit on- they're both getting on a bit and may soon be gone. You could burn it down with Seth Rollins, but he seems like a bad idea too, as I'm sure Jason Jordan and Dean Ambrose would be would more than happily tell you. Sadly, the fashion police are no help, too busy wrapped in a new case, and Nakamura seems like a liability and might knee you in the face. You could visit the house of AJ Styles or run with the big dog in his yard. Even wait till September when a Daniel Bryan return might be on the card. How about a try with the Bullet Club? The chance is too sweet to be missed. One problem is the Young Bucks might hit you, with up might hit you up with a cease and desist. Jericho is off with Fozzie and Brock Lesnar doesn't want to play. There's always the cruiserweight division. Just don't mention Amore. I guess there's no one left but little old me. We'll go on to Mania and make the competition flee. But what could be better than spending it with your one true bay? Forget the romance, chocolates and flowers. I wish you the very best, Rusev Day. Wonderful. That is wonderful. I've, I've got a cup of tea in my hand, but I will pop that down just so I can give you a clap. Because I thought that was lovely stuff. I'm sorry I didn't read it particularly well, but I thought that was lovely stuff. I didn't see Rusev Day coming at the end. Mm. I thought that was a nice swerve from... I thought, okay, here we go, Valentine's Day. Nope, Rusev Day, much better. Also, nice little time capsule there, because oh. that would have been before Daniel Bryan was cleared to wrestle. Yeah. And we were all expecting it to happen in September when and, he left. Well, for... February, it was Valentine's Day, so that was ridden, I'm, I'm guessing, early Feb. February 13th. And, uh, oh, the, the, you, I mean, Emma's prepared. <laughs> At least February 9th. And <laughs> Enzo would have just been released about oh, yeah. two weeks before. That's right. Yeah. Crikey. That's a nice little, that feels like so long ago. If uh, So that that wasn't strictly the brief. We, we asked mysterious poems. Did we? And, and we had to guess who it was about but i also like the idea of poems about spe- very specific points in wrestling history and we'll try and figure out what the time is <laughs> that is obviously february 10th 2018 that was lovely i really really enjoyed that emma so more poetry it's becoming like poetry ramble at the, at the yeah. moment more poetry ramble on uh, tomorrow's show um, maybe we'll do a couple on tomorrow's show because we won't have a 20 minute intro where we're answering a real Dan's Dan question. It was also a lot of UK chat. Yes, true. UK. UK. Tell you, I thought you were going to carry on. No, you no. did that to me yesterday <laughs> as well. You started a chant. I then tried to join in, only to find that you had stopped. Mm. Well, I, I, I very rarely do more than two. Mm. Two rounds of the same chant. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, three is my absolute maximum. But I do like the occasional single chant that no one else can join in with. Uh, I yelled, I hate you, Zach Gibson. 
I very was loudly. just about to say we got an, I got a tweet from uh, Matthew Philpot uh, who replied to me was a great night was that Ollie Davis shouting we hate you Zach Gibson in the quarters yes it was <laughs> I, um, I hate you, Zach Gibson. I mean, I like Zach Gibson because yes. he is a scouser. I mean, he's a he's a copite, so I can't like him too much. But um, he is a scouser, and I don't think we should hate him just because he's a scouser. Well, he's a great wrestler. I'm a big fan of his his work, but uh, the story dictated that we boo him <laughs> and kayfabe we must sometimes. Yep, stand up if you hate Gibson. That was brilliant. Uh, I the- can't wait to see how that translates to the network. Yes. Oh, well, even better is when you then sit down and you're just saying, sit down, <laughs> Gibson. Uh, one last thing on the UK stuff. We, Moro, was on the other side <laughs> of the Royal Albert Hall. I forgot about this. And if it got even slightly quiet, but still, you know, still people muttering and stuff and chanting, you could hear Moro getting excited. And uh, I... Just want to stress, Ollie is not joking when we were on the other side of the Royal Albert Hall compared to Morrow. Couldn't hear Nigel. No. Couldn't hear Nigel doing commentary, but I could hear Morrow Ronaldo doing commentary. Yeah, and it's great. What a what an enthusiastic man. He's the sort of person that should be on bit saying big dog. I reckon he could make me like the phrase big dog a monster in the bank. Well, he made us all like Mamma Mia, I guess. Mamma Mia! He got a Mamma Mia chant going, we've gone way too long, so we have to go and record our one-night stand review. One of my favourite pay-per-views of all time. That's this month's Wrestle Ramble Extra podcast, which you'll be able to listen to by going to Patreon and donating $5 a month. Pledge it, pledge hammers. Exactly. $5 a month or more will get you access to the WrestleRamble Extra and its back catalogue of other WrestleRamble Extra episodes where we have reviewed pay-per-views from wrestling's past. It is ECW One Night Stand 2005 this month. We're about to go and record that now. But we'll see you tomorrow in the free feed for everyone else for the SmackDown review. I don't think anything's been announced for it. Um, oh, no, I did, there's a, um, a a gauntlet match to determine the new number one contender. I mm. saw with um, Brian, Joe, Quite a few Miz, people in there, yeah. I think Rusev and someone else. Well, that sounds great. I hope it gets a lot of time Raw style when Mullins yeah. had that uh, that's, star-making I, performance. I want it to February. be the majority of the show, and yeah. I want to see like Daniel Bryan get all the way to the end and not win. And if you want to keep up with that and Wrestle Talk's opinions on it, our man, the man Andy Datsun. Mandy, <laughs> Mandy Datsun is going to be live tweeting from WrestleTalk's Twitter account and going to be following it up with stuff on the website. So do go and check those out. Absolutely. But until then, we'll see you tomorrow. Love you. Goodbye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.